With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Hello and welcome to week 31 it's a gameplay podcast, and I have with me, as I so often do, Ed Japes. Welcome to the pod. Thank you much, Ben. Happy to be back chatting for on another gameplay pod, though my gameplay volume has increased, and it turned out well for me this weekend. Mm. Snagging a little rank one, which it's been a minute since I played a full weekend, so that felt quite good, and I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, we've got another rank one player on the podcast, actually, but it's not our next guest. Hello, Josh. Welcome back. Oh, <laughs> you absolute! <laughs> Jeez, yeah. Thanks for that introduction. Great to be here. I mean, I can oh. introduce myself like that as well. But yeah, yeah. I was going to say Ben got his own introduction. Again. <laughs> I did get a rank two last year, but uh, I haven't even got close. I'm blaming this US internet and the, the sweaty US players for that. But um, <laughs> anyway, we can introduce the other rank one player on this podcast. It is Bateson87, who needs no introduction. Hello, welcome. How are you doing? It's been a while since uh, I've been on the podcast uh, yeah. and invited on for oh. gameplay of all things as well. Oh yeah, I heard about the uh, 20 and 0 and thought about time for a call-up. And I mean, did that continue this last weekend? Or So I went, two weeks ago I went 20 and 0. Yep. Uh, I don't know how it happened. And then I was like, oh, I might, might keep going the following weekend. Got 20 and 0 again. Oh, it is a back-to-back. I don't yeah. know. Wow. And then I thought, I'm going to go for 60. And then I lost um, on game number 48. So Oof. nice little record to have there. But that does kind of make you feel like a bit of a, you know, like a pro. You know how they they say they've gone like 140 and 0 or whatever it is. Um, yeah, that's nice to to get somewhere near that. If you had to attribute the 40 and 0 to like one player being like worthy of the best player during that run, who would it be? I would probably go with the World Cup Vieira. Oh, oh that is controversial. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yes. James hates the World Cup Vieira. Oh, it's, it's just Vieira in general. He's just an absolute... Like, he's so big. He's got massive legs. And there's no one on the game which is similar to him. Just having to stay back mm. with the defence and he just seems to pop up out of nowhere and save me. I uh, have dogged on that Vieira ever since I did him. <laughs> and for the first time, though, Ben, playing this, like, 4-2-3-1, oh. Vieira was a black hole in the midfield. Wow. And I was like, ah... Uh, this is the first time that I'm happy I picked Vieira over Cafu. Wow. And talking of players and how they've been doing for us, it's time for a few player reviews. Obviously better if they're more recently released, someone people could potentially pick up and try, uh, but not Bates and that 
R9. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, that's landing that one up then. <laughs> yeah, I thought that might be coming. But, I mean, you have used him. You might as well let us know. I, I have. I can give a little mini review on him because yeah, it's, it's a massive change. It's the first time we've ever seen an Alan Ronaldo on FIFA with high-medium work rates. Every mm. other version of him is medium-medium. And I thought this is going to be unreal. So after using him this weekend, he's burnt out by halftime because his stamina is 82. Ah, interesting. And I'm starting to think, even though the dynamic image looks cool, I believe the 96 could be better purely because <laughs> you, you don't really want to change in your best striker in the in your team mm. halfway through a game. He also got a big aggression boost, didn't he? It was yeah. like plus 24 or something like that. One tip, which is going to apply to other players, not just Ronaldo. And I don't know whether you've tried this, but if you put the player on conservative interceptions, it actually reduces the stamina drain by quite a lot. Um, so that might be worth trying. I don't know whether you have, just to see if that gives him enough stamina. No, I'm, I'm always all, all ears when it comes to, uh, yeah. to advice, so I'll definitely try that for the next weekend. Give that a go, because I used to do that a lot with the various Ibrahimovic cards who had low stamina, right? Um, and it helps yeah. quite a bit. And obviously, you're normally manually pressing with your striker anyway. Rarely they're going to get an interception themselves. So um, I think it's worth doing. And... In terms of more affordable options, I mean, you know, even if there are a few million, I guess we'll let that go. So I was looking at a player today, because um, I do draft quite a lot, as, as well as play weekend league on, obviously, Friday and Saturday and Sunday. I play draft a lot, and there was a player which popped up in my draft today, which is DeMarcos, 90-rated DeMarcos. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I was, I can't remember the last time I've seen him, ever. Mm. And I didn't realize he jumped to a 90. So I started comparing him on a foot website, a foot website. Um, foot GG, see, of course, yeah. Yeah, for you. Yeah. <laughs> to see what he's like compared to Captavia. And it turns mm. out he's a spitting image. Same height, same work rates. Oh. And I think he's got 25 less in-game stats. But he's very, very similar, apart from 160k, and one of them is 1.3 million. Mm. And he could potentially, if uh, the team that he plays for draws or wins the next two games, he could go to a 91 as well. So yeah. maybe a cheap pickup for someone looking for... A La Liga right back. Yeah, he looks like a 90 aggression as well. And 91 short passing. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was playing with him today. It was unreal in draft. Nice. What about you, Josh? Do you have anyone that you wanted to kind of review or talk a bit more about, I guess, because we have done the content pod, the supporter episode this week. I'll plug, of course, you can become a supporter. Just search Support Foot Weekly um, and listen to that episode. But is there anyone you wanted to go a bit more in depth on? Yeah, there is. I do like the... Uh... The advice of if you're going for an R9 Ronaldo, the 96 is probably better than the 97, just for all those people that can afford it. I also saw that you will have made like 5 million on it because there's none on the market and his price range is 19 million. I think you bought yours for 14, didn't you? So I can, I can jump in there because that's like a myth and it's always been a myth. Is it? Yeah. So he is available to be listed for 19 million. That is his price range on, on the item. But FIFA only allows you to list for 15 million. Oh. On any card. So I think the last yeah. one, which was similar to him, was the World Cup R9 when that was released. I think the price range might have been 17 million. Um, mm. But you always hit at the, at the 15. But I, I actually got him for 14 million somehow. Some oh. casual player must have listed him up. Decent little 250k profit there after that 750k of tax. Ooh. Yeah, I am tempted yeah. to sell after this weekend as well. <laughs> <laughs> Trades in 87 striking again. <laughs> yeah. But my um, my... I don't like being a rat, right? You do that. <laughs> but sometimes the game... Yeah, you do. But sometimes the game presents you with the opportunity to be one. And sometimes you've got to take it. And I have been a staunch, I am not using World Cup Aloi Ran <laughs> person for the longest time. And a couple of weeks ago, in one of the picks, it offered him up. And I know he's got a better version now, but he's ridiculously good. I don't, it makes no sense. He glitches through people. He's faster than everyone else on the pitch. I, I, I don't get it. I don't, I just I don't get it. I played him as a secondary striker, like a, like in a two striker formation and alongside Vout Veghorst, because I thought I had to even it out. And <laughs> he was just, he's so good and it's really annoying. I don't understand how, play, like you look at his stats and they're all right, but that World Cup version, it's just all right. Like, he's fast and he's got semi-decent dribbling for now, and he still performs to, like, this ridiculous level. And I'm eventually going to end up with him and Bappe and Jairzinho up front. I just know it, because it's, it's silly how good they are. Uh, yeah, and he's also very versatile. He has quite a few positions, doesn't he? 
um, on the card, which is nice. And I think that's one of the reasons why you see him. Yeah, that distributor in the cam roll, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Definitely well, gonna... That's what Japes tried when he was trying not to <laughs> yeah, be, uh, I tried not that. To be sweaty. It didn't work at all. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put him out wide and let the man run. Yeah, it is crazy. I mean, yeah. I think that also max pace really does allow for much better chemistry style use, right? And that is important to say. The boost you get out of a marksman or... Deadeye, etc., can be really, really good. Where a lot of the time you're wanting to boost the pace a bit, especially playing a player out wide. So, yeah, I, I think he, he does have a good stat makeup as well. James, what about you? Anyone you wanted to mention this week? I mean, I've mentioned Al Jabber being kind of a, a low key baller uh, a couple times. Mm. He seems to score. I played him as my right attacking mid. He seems to score a lot of goals for me. I'm going to give another. Shout out, though, to Carlos Alberto, that SBC. He definitely made an impact. And then I will concede uh, my Vieira argument now that I'm using him in a more <laughs> traditional Vieira role. I'm going to have a hard time replacing him. And he partners really, really well with that. Uh, was it Winter Wild Cards? I don't know. The Joshua Kimmich card that mm. has 99 dribbling. He and Vieira make for quite a combo. Yeah. Because does Kimmich have a high attacking work rate? Medium defensive. I believe so. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, so that is quite nice. Talking midfielders, I will mention Marquisio, and I used him, this is the SBC, uh, the Trophy Titans hero, in only five games. I should say this was just alone. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Don't want to uh, say that this is the complete review that, you know, you would get out of most players we talk about on the podcast. But I used him in a midfield three as the left center mid. I think he probably would have been better on the right, actually, just because, you know, he is more right-footed than he is left. But I still felt like that was a good position to put him in. I put a hunter on him. And I was just really disappointed for someone who's a million coins or, or more than that, actually 1.2 million. And he's not that tall. He's not that strong. He's not that aggressive. He's also not that fast. And I just felt like he was in this kind of weird zone where he's just like okay or, or quite good at everything and not particularly exceptional at anything. And you might think, oh, that's really good for a midfielder. And it is, but not for a 1.2 million coin midfielder, right? And if you look at some of the other SBCs that are around at the moment, like they're just all pretty much better value than that and all better places to put your fodder. And I don't even know that the uh, Syria Italy links are necessarily going to be super valuable. So... Yeah, it was a bit of a shame. I was a bit disappointed. And he's someone that I really enjoyed in past foot games when, you know, he was in the game as a, as a regular player. And, you know, he's just not that uh, special. So that was a shame. And he will be okay. But I just, yeah, wouldn't encourage people to go out and do him. So, yeah, a bit of a, a more negative review this week. But, yeah, that is what it is. I was going to move on, actually, to asking you, Bates, what tactic are you running at the moment? What's your kind of go-to uh, I know you play draft as well, so I guess you probably use a number of different tactics in that. But your main team, what's been the go-to? I actually came about my tactics on my main team via a video idea which I had. Because I'd just been at the E-Premier League um, a few weeks ago with uh, and watching Stokes win the E-Prem with Oli Lita. Mm. Um, so I reached out to Stokes to see it, what ta if he had, and I think I've got the DM actually, I said to him, I said, if you had unlimited coins unlimited access to any player no restrictions what team would you build and also mm. what tactics would you run with which formation and he sent over the formation he sent over the tactics and uh, I've been rocking Stokes' tactics for the 48 and a nice this weekend it just didn't feel that good though but I'm not sure if it's patch not sure if it's connection or what but maybe I was feeling off a bit but it still works good I still got 14 but it is very very dangerous and I know a lot of my stream have picked up the tactics themselves and, and had a play around I don't have them off the top of my head, though, which is an issue. Yeah, that's all right. Do you, you can find it on my YouTube. Can I go 20 and 0 with a team built by a pro? It's, it's along them lines. Yeah, you run through the tactics there, right? So it's probably easier for people to digest than you telling them here. It was yeah, it was the first time I've started rocking the 4 3 2 one as well, but it doesn't play like a 4 3 2 one it, mm. uh, it's, it's interesting. But obviously nice. with the team and players I have, you can get away with a lot of uh, human errors. Um, so like, I'm interested because you, you kind of have this like blank check and I wonder if, because a lot of people, for a lot of people, it's like the grind of Ultimate Team that has made it fun. And I wonder if as somebody who has that blank check and can go and get whoever they want, does it remove some of the enjoyment from that? Or do you, 
do you like having maybe like a road to glory account that you can go and do that on instead kind of thing so, so la- last year i actually um did a road to glory it was a very successful one in terms of like the team i had uh with it but it was it's always a thing with every game around the world you got a choice you can either put money in to speed up the progress or you can put time in to, to get the same progress basically and loads of youtubers and streamers and content creators have proven that you can get to the levels uh of a crazy team but one of the, the things which i wanted to do with my content i've done it since 2012 now is i wanted to be that person who because everyone loves window shopping everyone likes going down the streets looking at what they can't have um and they can see that with the content that i make it may not it might not be some of which you think they would want to watch but in the back of your mind, you always want to see how a player performs. Like, does a 15 million coin 97 R9 play as like a 15 million value player? Yeah. And I just like having the best of the best. It's like today on stream, I've got, I have, I still do have that one account, which is no FIFA points. And that is my Draft of Glory account, which I do seven episodes every week, seven drafts a week. And I play that on stream. And I think I've got a, about 3.3 million on there, liquid. Mm. Um, so I still have the fun with no FIFA points, but it's, it's in draft, but yeah, my, my main focus is I do enjoy playing the game, but I also enjoy, enjoy making limitless content with, with no restrictions, basically. I suppose like that's a bit more maybe like content side of things, but bringing it back to gameplay, a kind of follow up to that would be is as someone who has used the best players in the game, how much of an effect do you think team has on the outcome of your games? So I'm going to compare it from from last year to this year because last year I did the Road to Glory. I had a decent-ish team, but people wouldn't really treat me as if I was going to be a good player because it was a very obscure team with a few icons thrown in there. And I actually had better results on the Road to Glory last year than I did on the Pay to Win last year. Whereas this year, with the and it was the same last year as well, <laughs> when you see my team, <laughs> you, you know what's happening. And I can... Like all three of you in here, if you saw my team in the matchup screen, what are you doing? You're leaning forward. Is it music? Yeah. Yeah, you lean forward. Yeah, yeah. You're sitting forward and you are trying your <laughs> hardest. So, ima- so imagine me playing 20 games and it happens and they come in the stream and they're like, oh, I finally beat you. And like, they're gridding on me and stuff. But it is like 20 of the hardest games I've ever played every weekend. I'm so tired by the end of it. <laughs> Whereas on a Road to Glory, it's it's not doesn't feel as hard because people don't respect the team and respect the player mm. whereas when they see that team like yeah I want to say that I beat this team this weekend to my friends yeah I can imagine actually well we should talk about the other 20-0 which is yours Japes and how that came about I understand you're definitely attributing that quite a bit to the tactics which will be out probably by the time people are listening to this in your weekly newsletter which people can find Japes yep p2psnacks.substack.com Nice. And so what's the summary and what was the thinking behind the move? Yeah, I started... Uh, I don't know. I, I think I went back to basics in some ways and went back to like a old four two three one tactic from like years past for me where I... Uh, it's still... Pre- well, here's the tactic. Press on possession loss, 30 width, 65 depth, balance, balance, and build up and chance creation, 55 width, seven in the box, one and one for the final two. And I just find that I score more corners from that setup because it creates... Uh, you create more like passing options to pass it into the box than having extra mm. players to play it in. So that's... You can use whatever you want. It's for the corners and the free kicks. But I think the the like interesting thing for this setup is we're at like that point in the cycle where, in my opinion, I'm like starting to believe that telling players to do too much is detrimental to how they'll perform. Mm. And so the only instructions that I put on anybody on my squad, I put stay central, stay forward on the strikers and get into the box on the wide attacking mids. And that is it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. No, like not trying to do anything super crazy, just letting the matches come to me and not trying to like force anything in particular. And it worked a treat. So in my, you know, my, my front four was good, but I wouldn't, you know, when you see Al Jabber, uh, the flashback Mane, Ole Gunnar Solkshire's new card and, you know, Alo Wyren, you're like, yeah, maybe I got to watch out for Alo, but, mm. you know, those, those aren't 
those aren't the foot items that you're coming up against and going, oh no, like I have to deal with this front four. So there's definitely room for improvement in my squad as well. And, you know, I'm still using like baby Roberto Carlos as my left back. So, you know, all this to say like, maybe letting some of the items choose how to interact in the game is not such a bad thing, even if they're not at these like, you know, insane, insane levels. And I think there's there's been this like trend and movement. I've certainly, you know, bought into it where there's such a heavy focus on custom tactics. And there are there are always meta tactics that work. And, you know, that 541 is ever popular now is really frustrating to play against. But all that to say, like, you can use very, very balanced tactics, have a good time and still have success. Mm. Yeah. And you raised a good point, which I was going to move us on to actually briefly, is that 5-4-1 or 5 at the back tactics, actually also 3 at the back tactics are getting increasingly common. Uh, Well, they are really common, to be honest. Does anyone have a particular approach to playing against them? Um, One thing I would definitely say just off the bat is be patient, especially if it's a 5 at the back. What they want to do is get that early goal and then they can sit deep and basically counter you the whole time and make it very difficult for you. So that is important. But from a tactical perspective, does anyone have any particular approaches? I know Josh, actually, I think you were talking about 4-2-4 earlier in the cycle, and, and that's something that can work quite well against it, right? Yeah, so I, I like 4-4-2 seems to be a base that a lot of people tend to go back to. Mm. But I, I very early on, just because it, it suited me for chemistry reasons, was in 4-2-4, and find, found that even with like not, having instructions or anything it was a really fun formation to use it creates shapes you don't really get in a 4-4-2 especially if you're chasing a game if you're up against a three back having four attackers that are naturally attacking in terms of their base position it it overloads massively people's defenses and even if they try and sit deep and sit in like a stock back if you notice like their um because usually it's a 3-5-2 or 3-4-1-2, some version of that. If you notice their left and right mids are on comeback on defense and they're essentially defending in like a tight five with a midfield in front, if you then get your wing backs just on balance, not like overlapping, don't go total football, but if you just get them pushing up the pitch, there's too many players for the amount of defenders to mark, especially in the wide areas. And Depends how ratty your opponent's playing, but when you have that much space, it's very easy to do that little dance along the byline and cut it back for a tap in. Mm. And it's, I've, I still find it, I always have it as one of my five formations to switch into just because against even five backs, I find it really, really effective. Like it's super attacking, but I kind of like it for that. Mm. And I was going to ask you actually, based on, I know that uh, the four, three, two, one, a lot of, pros and actually the reason why i think the five and three at the backs became popular was to counter the four three two one which i guess you've been playing did you find it trickier to play against those three at the back tactics particularly did you have anything you did to uh, get a leg up against them it was purposely keeping the ball switching like passing from cap like who's one captivator and hakimi they were the two outlets in the team uh switching between them and making them drag players out because a lot of people when they do play that i want to sit back so you mm. can just pass it around the midfield. They'll want to pull out. And I've seen a lot more success through my crossing goals this past three weeks, mm. purely because of the full power cross to the back post. And either Eusebio or Mbappe is there just to tap it in, which is not something I've seen all year, actually. But mm. that was one of the tactics which Stokes told me to try and do. Um, I believe they call it a German cross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I don't think I'm doing it right, so I renamed it the Cumbrian cross. <laughs> <laughs> which is just a hit and a hope and it works. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So that's actually just full power cross. It goes to the back post and then you head it in from there. Yeah, or, or if you're a bit more clever, head it back across to the striker who's usually there for a single tap-in, which is... Mm. Yeah, just in so many types different types of goals I've scored in the past three weeks purely off the formation change. Mm, nice. And in terms of the tactic, is the tactic one of those bring a fullback forward ones? Right? Do you have a 
left back, right back. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So Hakimi's on stay back while attacking overlap, and Captavia is the main because a lot of people don't think that Captavia is going to be the player which you attack with. They think Hakimi will be that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't really show any interest when you go up with Captavia, but he's so deadly with crossing, shooting, passing, mm-hmm. um, and he's pretty good at getting back as well, which is obviously what you want in a defender. Um, but but I did notice his stamina burn this week. It's two two players notice on stamina burn. But I'm gonna take your uh, advice with the changing conservative on both of them and see if that makes any difference. Yeah, it's interesting actually because you can do yeah because you can do the conservative interceptions to reduce stamina drain, but you can actually do aggressive to increase it and make them a bit more proactive in terms of trying to intercept. Which actually, if they have high stamina or you know you're gonna sub them off. I'd actually recommend uh, if you want to be a bit more aggressive. Um, but it'll be interesting with team of the season coming. I think, you know, that'll be more common probably that you can do that without it affecting stamina drain too much. And I think actually, you know, with the types of players that we could see, there could be quite a few kind of gameplay differences to look out for. Um, I'm looking forward to team of the season because you're going to see so much meta gameplay change and different yeah. tactics just because of the players which are available pretty cheap. Yeah, looking forward to that, just like I'm looking forward to part two of this podcast in just a second. But let's head into the break and I'll tell you about something that is very relevant to team of the season and that is a team of the season giveaway. We're giving away 36,000 FIFA points over on the Patreon. So if you've been considering supporting but not yet sealed the deal and done it, then this is a great time to do so because not only do you get an extra podcast every week, a supporter-exclusive episode this week, the content podcast next week, it will be the gameplay podcast, but there are loads of other perks as well and that 36,000 FIFA point giveaway. Oh, and you'll be keeping the podcast going, of course, because supporters are what makes this podcast possible and what makes the podcast weekly. And what's more, you can get all that for just £3 a month or whatever that is in your local currency. There are quite a few available. You'll find that 36,000 FIFA point giveaway over on the Patreon just by searching support for weekly. And you can also follow the link in the description of this podcast directly to that giveaway, which is bit ly slash tots 23 so b-i-t dot l-y slash t-o-t-s in caps 23 thank you very much if you consider supporting it is greatly greatly appreciated and a huge thank you too if you already do right let's get back into the rest of the podcast hello welcome back listeners and supporters japes josh and bateson still with me we're going to get into some listener gameplay questions starting with this one actually from friend of the pod hugh he says Bateson, as someone who's used many of the elite cards in the game, do you feel like certain cards have a certain special source, for lack of a better word, uh, that play beyond their stats? For example, Jinla's base card has 75 balance and 84 reactions, but you feel so dominant in the game. Do you pay much attention to body type, height or weight, for example? And do you think that certain specific cards are just hardwired to be better than others? Uh, and I guess, you know, more broadly, are you someone who feels like you really notice the difference between the very highest level players and that like tier below. Yeah, it's it's icons. It, since the game into the gamers legends back in the Xbox days when they had the exclusivity, it just felt as if the icons had that extra bit of juice, extra bit of power, which was never on the card. And you fit, you, back in FIFA, I can't remember which FIFA it was, FIFA 15, FIFA 16, everyone was running around with Mateus Vieira and Hullet. And obviously the body types of them mm. players are, are pretty unique. Got Vieira and Hullet, who are pretty beastly trucks, but are very agile and fast at the same time. And you've got a whippersnapper of uh, Mateus as well. I, I always say the icons have something hidden in them. And it's probably why 90% of my team is always icon, um, purely because of that, mm. surrounded by team of the years, because they're pretty mental, a team of the years, with the pace boost they get. Yeah, one thing that we did find out, which I do think is probably the thing that people... Uh, are talking about when they mention this is the producers, the gameplay producers when they're on the podcast over the summer mentioned that reactions affect dribbling animation playback speed or maybe even just playback speed of animations generally. And pretty much all icons, right, especially the top-end ones, have high reactions. They've also got high composure and they have often the unique body type. So although I, I, I get that people... Uh, like, oh, there's a special source or whatever. I do think often it is that. Jinla is a bit weird because he does have low reactions and not great balance, but he does have that kind of physical uh, shape, which kind of reminds you of like a hullet and his kind of other stats, including having ridiculously high agility for his size, are very unique. So I can kind of see why, um, you know, he is 
a bit different despite his reactions. Um, yeah, anything else to add on that, Japes or Josh, actually, um, before we move on? No, I mean, you, you know I love my reactions. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's like the first thing that I look at. There is one stat, I mean, it's slightly different, but just in that, like, a stat that you don't think about affecting things that you wouldn't assume that it affects. But I've noticed recently when I've been testing out players, if I really like their passing, they tend to have 90 plus curve Mm. because they bend, like, especially through balls, much more than players that have, say, like, 80s in their curve stat. It's something I, I, like, it was maybe like the third or fourth player I tried where I was like, I really like their passing. I was like, oh, they got like 96 curve. And then you start seeing the bend they're putting on, even like chip through balls, just kind of putting it round the back of a defense. So yeah, like I, I definitely think that working out the stats that suit your play style, like people, some people really love aggressive defenders, players with high, really high aggression. And especially if you're someone who likes to get the ball back quickly, that can always really help. So yeah, it's it's how the stats interact with each other. It's one of those things that when obviously the game being an eSport, we don't actually really know how an awful lot of the stats interact or what animations they cause or the difference between, I don't know, what a 95 long passer has with 90, pa- 90 long passer and how the I don't know how their composure and how close a player is and their mm. you know curve and balance and how it affects all of it. So definitely trying to pinpoint that I think can give you a little bit of an extra edge when you're looking at cards that maybe other people are overlooking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a very good point. I, I think if you look out for these things, you can often find better value. Uh, and actually, I'll move on to this question because I think it reminds me of something that I know, Bates, you've talked about in the past about defending. So... I'll mention that at the end, but Mate Ballot says, any tips for player switching slash right stick switching, um, which is always something people tend to struggle with. There can be issues because of connection. I mean, there are just, I mean, definitely just challenges with player switching generally. Maybe it's mechanics within the game, but you know, it's definitely something people always ask about. But specifically to you, Bates, I remember you talking before, I think when you were last on the podcast, about a specific technique you use to defend, which basically involves kind of like, I'd almost call it like false pressing an opponent. And I think people would be probably quite interested in hearing how to do that. So it's very high risk, very high reward. And so sometimes it works and other times you can find yourself 5-0 down. <laughs> so basically when you're jockeying with a player, or not even jockeying, just like dribbling around with a player, um, usually it's Vieira or it for me in the midfield, you back off, back off, back off. The player thinks, oh, well, he's backing off, we'll go forward. Then you go forward and then he panics, you go back, and you keep, it's like a game of cat and mouse, where you're just confusing him in what you're doing, and he'll either dribble into you, he'll pass back or make a loose pass. But but the players I struggle with the most are the ones which just keep on running. Yep. They're just running a straight line, and I'm like, right, I'll, right he's going to stop, I'm going to back off now and then beat him. But no, he just keeps on running and runs all the way, and I'm like, well... That's my uh, that's my day ruined. But that, they're the players which I struggle the most with that technique. Are the players who just run through the middle? Yeah, because we actually, I think I had a game today with it as well. We actually had a question last week about defending. You know, essentially very good dribblers. People are really nippy on the ball and, and move around a lot. But yeah, with the technique you're using, I guess that's a good way to defend those players. So basically, you give them the space in front of them, right, for them to kind of yeah. come into, and then do you go back in and, and run towards them so that they may actually run into you. Yeah, Yeah. so you either want them to run into you or run away. Um, mm. And more than likely, they'll end up running into you because sometimes you'll go f- go f- part forward um, and then sometimes you'll just run straight at them with the likes of Vieira, you can do that because if they try and make a pass, his legs are massive. So more mm. likely, his legs are going to get in the way of that anyway. If you're in a game where you're pinned back though and you've got all your defenders back, all your midfielders back inside the area, you don't really want to be doing that. You just want to be keeping your players in the correct positions like if you notice a player out of out of position dragging back into the the players because one of the best techniques I was told recently is do not press that tackle button mm. It's and, and it's so hard to trust yourself not to press the tackle button but you'll see so much success from it whether it be blocks whether it be tackling um, the players are just geared up enough to do it especially with all the high rated items coming into FIFA now it's going to you're going to see a lot more complaints about auto blocks and auto tackles Mm. But but that that's what happens with with the bait. You're, you're not pressing tackling. You're not pressing slide. You're just moving around with the player and making forcing them to make the mistakes. Yeah, yeah. 
Nice. No, it's a good technique. It's something I use every now and again. But yeah, as you say, I, I try not to use it. It looks very erratic, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it makes you look like you don't know what you're doing. But yeah. you it was. I actually, yeah, so FIFA 17 was when FIFA became sweaty. That was when the yeah, yeah. foot champions came. And I, I used to play Gorilla all the time. One thing he will do is he will concede goals, but he'll always outscore you. Mm. And then I learned that technique from him. And it's, yeah, I've been, I don't know if he still does it anymore. I probably should check, but <laughs> yeah. I, I still do it. And it's probably the reason why he's a pro and I'm not. Yeah, yeah it's funny because uh, Tom Lees, the other Tom, was on the podcast and he mentioned that one thing that he actually added to his game, funny enough, was tackling more. And that I think a lot of pros, especially, or people at high level, do want to do what you said which is not press the tackle button but he was finding that that was to his detriment I think because you do want to press the tackle button if you're in an area where it's not too dangerous right um, and where you are trying to put pressure on because in this game I mean it's pretty frustrating but Mbappe can stand tackle like nobody else right so it is worth doing it in those situations but yeah once you're ending up camped out on the edge of your box especially if you're against a sort of possession player it's a good point you don't want to just be making that tackle that's what they want and I think it's a, that was kind of a tangent. I knew it would end up being a tangent. But to come back to the question about player switching itself, James, is there anything that you particularly find uh, useful? I mean, an important point to make is that right stick switching is obviously what you should do is, is the better way to switch. You should, obviously shouldn't have auto switching on for player switching. You should have air balls and loose balls or maybe just loose balls, actually. I guess what I was interested to know from you, James, is how frequently would you say you use right stick switching compared to the LB? Uh... I'd say I use it a lot more when I'm playing well. <laughs> As in right stick a lot more, yeah. Yeah. If you can get in the habit, because right stick gives you just a lot more control over, because I use it, my defensive style, I would say, I like oftentimes sprint straight at a player and will like guess one side, like I'll sprint straight at a player and be like, okay, he's going to turn, I bet he's going to turn left. And I'll drag my defender over to to try to enter, or take the ball away and make a tackle if he goes that way. Mm. The opposite end of that though is if i miss then i end up in a situation where i have to switch very very quickly because oftentimes there's like an obvious pass mm. and the right stick switch allows me to like guess rather rapidly and if i'm missing just switch to the defender that i want and then step in front of the obvious pass so uh if i the game doesn't always say hmm this is like where you're going to want to defend if you miss this tackle, right? So mm. you just have to be, I don't know, I guess like ready and the right stick just gives you more control. It also allows for like better pressing. And so like when you're trying to press someone's back line, you can oftentimes right stick switch over uh, to cover a, like if it looks like they're going to play like the big pass across, you can right stick switch over to cover that pass. And I, I don't know, it just gives you more flexibility. And so when I'm playing well, I'm reading the game better. And so I'm right switching, right stick switching more than reacting to the game, which is what I do when I'm using the left bumper. Yeah, I think a uh, good advice. And let's move on to Josh. Any particular recommendations for you? No, not really. Not like, I, I, like for me, I've, I really hated the player switching at the beginning of the year. The, like arrow that came up on the pitch to like show how hard you were pulling it. It just always kind of messed up oh, and it yeah. didn't feel like it did the right thing Adapted anytime. Switching. Yeah, that was it. Um, so I always switched to classic and find that works better. I, for me, I, if you can flick on the stick and be consistent with it, it's so much better than asking the game to guess which player you want to switch to. I, 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 mm. I just feel like it's, I like to turn as much of the player switching off as possible and make it just a skill thing because if I can just be better than what the game suggests and my opponent is just using the bumper to switch, I'm going to have a tactical advantage or, or a skill advantage, essentially. It's, it's one of those things that if you're not used to it, it can take a while to get used to, but being able to flick on the stick and, and know where you're going so that you can have your positioning of where you want to then move that defender you're switching to and be confident you know who you're going to it makes such a difference well that's the big thing if you're not that confident it may be better not to do it because you can defend pretty well without i mean there are players that don't switch at all yeah especially if you're struggling with connection or what have you it's sometimes better not to and if you're not so experienced with it it's often tricky to 
take that step up and improve your defensive game through that because it is hard to get adjusted to right stick switching more. And actually one tip I'd have if people are interested in doing a bit more right stick switching or in fact, I guess a tip that's maybe more appropriate for people who aren't really doing it at all. But if you use right stick switching to move away from the player you're currently using to press the ball and then hold R1 slash RB for the second man press, that will send the player you were controlling to second man press and continue to apply the pressure while you can try and cut off a passing lane or the pass they're going to play. And the great thing is that if you want to switch back to the player who's pressing the ball, because you're right uh, bumper pressing them with second man press, you'll automatically go back to that player when you press the L1 or LB button. So it's, it's quite easy to get back into uh, the player you were controlling before if you feel like you've made the wrong choice in terms of the player you switched to. And I mean, that can just throw your opponent off and be quite helpful. Anyway, we should probably move on and move on to this question. We talked a bit about Accelerate uh, last week, but I thought it was worth covering again, maybe getting some baits and thoughts. But Essentially, the question here from NJ Renegade is about what Accelerate types people are using after the patch. So yeah, Bates, any particular preferences? I can tell the difference. I do like controls on my defenders. Mm. And then, yeah, I'm not, not really that bothered about it. I know there was a lot of hype around it at the start, but with the players jumping up to the ratings that they're at now, and obviously I'm using the top tier ones as they come out, you don't really notice a difference anywhere mm. between lengthy and controlled and, and explosive. I, I used to really not like explosive because they would burn out so fast, mm. um, but no issues at all with it anymore. Yeah, maybe that shows they've done a, a decent enough job in terms of balancing that uh, finally after a number of patches across the course of the cycle. Or maybe it's just getting towards the end of the cycle. Uh, Josh, you mentioned this before, where actually far less players are lengthy because they're getting higher agility. And once a player's over... 86 agility, 86 or above, they can't be length anymore, basically. Uh, Japes, what about you? Any particular preferences in terms of accelerate type for forwards, for example? I mean, I, I think I prefer... I think I prefer explosive, maybe, in the attack. Yeah. Here's what's interesting, because I think Al Jabber is controlled as well, because I'm using Hunter on him, so I think he's controlled. I am seemingly preferring explosive players in the middle of the, like as my striker in attacking mid, mm. where I need them to be able to turn and move rather quickly and preferring controlled players out wide where they can like bomb forward seemingly if they need to. Mm. Yeah. I have had more success recently with explosive midfielders after the patch and it feels like both defensively, which people kind of underrate, you can get quite a nice advantage being able to accelerate quickly to get to interceptions, put pressure on players and things like that, um, which has been quite nice. Because previously, you know, I felt like controlled or lengthy in midfield was more helpful, even though explosive was still okay uh, there. Um, but I've certainly, I don't know, found that explosive wide players feel a lot better and dribbling with explosive players feels noticeably better since the patch and I brought back in Ribery even to give him a go to see whether he was like viable because of the patch and actually although he was good before just because his stats were really good right um, at the time he was released now he actually kind of has had a bit of like a revitalization because of that he felt actually okay like uh, I would obviously prefer a better player stats aren't amazing but um, just that explosive close control can kind of catch out your kind of lengthy, slower defenders. So that's been kind of interesting. Uh, what about you, Josh? Any comments on uh, Accelerate? Uh, only that I I feel like your play style now is affects kind of what plays you want, especially in attack. I think if you're much more of a counter-attacker, I still think lengthy is a very useful mm. thing to have somewhere in your front line. But if you're someone who likes to hold the ball a bit more and kind of progress it up the pitch and then likes to kind of be a little bit tricky inside the box. The buff in the patch to um, explosive off the mark, I think has made a big difference mm. when you're trying to kind of create a little bit of space in the box, whether it's coming out of a skill move or just that kind of, even if you're just left stick dribbling and then kind of just tap sprint to push it, like push it away from you. Mm. I find it makes a massive difference. The one thing I would keep an eye out for, I think, as we move towards team of the season is for players with high acceleration 
that are also lengthy. You you spoke about Ramos, can't remember who was in this podcast or the content podcast, who has 90 acceleration and is lengthy. And the combination of high acceleration and lengthy is deadly. Mm. You know, it will be worth just keeping an eye out for players that might get there right now in terms of players who've got more than 90 base acceleration and are naturally lengthy. There's only six of them. One of them's a team of the week in like a team of the week from team two and it's Gerson Rodriguez and the other one and there's another one that's a goalkeeper but the big one on there is team of the year Haaland and if you've ever used him in draft or if you've ever had the luck of actually using him in game his speed is a joke Mm. so it's one of those things that I think will still be important it will be interesting if they change the criteria for lengthy as we move into team of the season because it's you know 14 difference you need in uh agility and strength I-, I wonder if that will decrease because if if people are getting massively boosted stats it's gonna be very difficult to have that massive difference that will push you to either lengthy or explosive mm. um so if they change that and change it across the board it might make some players lengthy that have been controlled up until now so another thing to potentially look out for. Yeah, for sure. And we're pretty much ready to wrap up now, actually. But I did want to just close maybe with some thoughts from Bateson about gameplay because we haven't had you on the podcast at all this cycle. It'd be interesting to hear what you make of this particular game. We talked quite a bit about this on last week's Support the Gameplay podcast. Um, But yeah, what have you made of FIFA 23 so far anyway? So I have enjoyed this FIFA. Um, I much more enjoyed it when Travella shots flew in from every angle at the start. (laughs) Um, But obviously Ia didn't enjoy that and (laughs) neither did half of the community. Um, But I've been saying in my streams recently that I think in a couple of years time people look back on this FIFA and think this was actually quite good gameplay compared to the El Tornado crossing the first time people like you always remember something and I can't really remember anything which has really ruined my day on this mm. FIFA gameplay I've, I've enjoyed it from start to finish to be fair and I think he had, yeah. he had done a very good job of patching the things which needed patching yeah I think that is true and we gave the game credit for that I think on the last episode uh, when we talked about gameplay concerns that there weren't any horribly overpowered mechanics and it was more an issue with AI and balancing, maybe not so obvious, but certainly still issues there. That being said, I I mean, I think both Japes and I have had much worse connections this cycle. I certainly have. The the jitter is really quite poor on the connection that I have here. And I don't know whether that's something, Japes, you thought about at all and and whether the success you've had recently has changed your mind or made you think again after last week's uh, little rant. I mean, winning is uh, fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think I've enjoyed a lot of gameplay over the course of the year. I think it's that time in the cycle, though, where the uh, those of us that are left and you know still playing the game pretty significantly, mm-hmm. like everybody's a pretty decent player, but you also have folks that are more than happy to figure out what's broken and you know try to exploit that. So I think I enjoyed gameplay because I got to play in a style that I felt wasn't like particularly like deemed meta and mm. was I think more so I was just like less concerned about what other people are doing and trying to counter them and just sort of played. So mm-hmm. you know I think that I guess the the TLDR advice is just like worry less about other people mm. and what they're doing and just kind of like do what you think sounds fun. Yeah, I think that's very good advice. A good place to end this podcast on. And we can say, Bateson, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. It's been good to have you back on after a long time. No, it was a pleasure. Hopefully your uh, tactics can help me uh, get another 20 in next weekend. Yeah, yeah. The bot will be taking full credit if that's the case. Uh, we should say, actually, I mean, I'm sure people know where to find you, but you're on Twitch a lot and People might not know that, I guess. Yeah, probably better to check me out there because if you've got any questions or anything, I'm, I do read the chat now and then just when I'm not in a hard game of FIFA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if he is, you'll get to see that uh, you know fake press that he does. And uh, yeah, thank you very much, Bates. And again, we'll say our goodbyes also to Josh, Spreadsheet FIFA on Twitter and various places, right? Yeah, pleasure to be on here. I'm, uh, I'm going to go through a bit of a rebrand soon um, because obviously, oh, yeah, you know, you're going to have to. Yeah, yeah. FIFA's finishing. And also, you put the... Word spreadsheet in your online handle. People make assumptions. Uh, so yeah, it might be might be very different. Interesting. And uh, while we're doing the plugs, Japes, of course, we should plug your newsletter, which will be out by the time people are listening to this, I'm sure. Sure thing, Ben. Uh, it's p2psnacks.substack.com. We'll have full tactics. I'll give some you know player reviews and 
uh, other gameplay tidbits in there. But you know, you can always check out the tactics uh, that I've used before, reference them, try them out. Some are fun. Some are eh, maybe not so viable anymore, <laughs> but. You know, if you're looking for inspiration ideas, that's the place to go. Oh, yeah. And that takes us to the final plug, which is, you know, the reason we're all here. And that is the Foot Weekly Podcast Patron, where you can support the podcast, get double the podcast content. And you can do that by subscribing over at bit.ly slash more pod or follow the link in the description of this podcast. And by the time you're listening to this, there may well be a 36,000 FIFA point giveaway going on for team of the season over there. So, you know, sign up, subscribe. It's just £3 a month for an extra podcast every week. And you might get more than you spent uh, returned to you uh, through that giveaway. So look out for that. Go over to bit.ly slash more pod or just search support for weekly. And I just thought there is one more plug actually because we're edging pretty close to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. I only started putting the podcast on YouTube consistently this cycle. So it's been really nice to see that. If you can subscribe, then please do. If you're listening via YouTube, drop a like, leave a comment. It definitely helps out. And I should also say a huge thank you, of course, to all those supporters who, as I've just said, are making this podcast possible. And of course, to those icon patrons. Dave B, Hugh J, Coach Vass, DJ FIFA player, Alan G, Alistair, Anthony R, Dominic P, Rob P, Jeff B, Stephen F, Tom B, Damon H, David S, Nick Jack M, Eric T, Neil P, Adam G, Dan W, Waterman, N Hagman, Harry A, Jake G, Roger D, Springford, Elec, Bracco, Nishant, Harry P, Alex M, Lee A, Brendan W, Andrew C, Joe W, Timothy J, Dylan, J Kel, Ibis24, Adam R, Sam K, Graham W, Andy, Ads H2K, and Brian V. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you, just one more thing to add, though. FIFA's a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and its many downs. If you're having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, support, or even just a friendly chat for anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, have a good one, and I'll catch you on the next podcast. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.